Hey everyone, it's Adam and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. Good morning, Embrace. Hope everybody's doing well today. My name is Travis. One of the pastors here, specifically I hang out at the T campus. If you wouldn't mind me taking a second today, it's my son's 11th birthday today, and so I want to say happy birthday, Jet, over at T. He's a bit of an introvert, and he's going to hate that I'm doing this to him right now. But happy birthday, everybody at T, go tell him happy birthday. He will love you for it. He might not look like it, but he will love you if you come and say that to him. So I'm glad that you uh, joined us today. We've been in a series called 167. And if you're new with us today and you're like, what the heck does that mean? Let me give you a quick explanation. Uh, there's 168 hours in the week, and as people who follow Jesus, we typically spend one of those hours a week in church. But we've been asking the question, what do we do with the other 167 hours? Like, God doesn't just want one hour. He wants them all. And so that's what this whole series is about, is how do we use the rest of our 167? But before we get into that, Uh, My guess is most of you here today have boiled water before. Uh, It's not a difficult process. Like you just put water in a pot, put it on the stove, and turn up the heat, and voila, you have boiling water. I like to cook, and so for one of my favorite meals, I always have to boil water. You maybe heard of it before. It's called ramen noodles. I've been cooking it since college. Kids still love it as my go-to. Like, kids are hungry. Let's go get some of that ramen, man. So, but seriously, though, ra- uh, not ramen, but boiling water, it's an it's a easy process, but it's really interesting, isn't it? So you turn up the heat on the water, and it's crazy because the water looks the same at 70 degrees as it does at 211 degrees. But at 212 degrees, something interesting happens. These little bubbles start to form at the bottom, and then they come out, out the top. And then there's more heat and more heat, and it hits 212, and all of a sudden, the bubbles start going crazy, and it starts getting violent and intense, and it's almost like the water comes alive before your eyes, right? Isn't that nuts? At 70 degrees, 211 degrees, it looks the same, but once it starts to boil, it's like it comes alive. Now, what the heck does that have to do with what we're talking about today? Well, if you have a Bible, you can open up to Romans chapter 12. Also, if you have anything to take notes, it's a great time to take notes. Bring something out with a pen. You can take a few notes as well. But we've been in Romans chapter 12 for this whole series, and we've been looking at this because Paul, the writer of Romans, he just tells us some really good stuff on how to live out our faith, how to live out our faith in our 167. So here's what Paul says. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. And then he says this, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So Paul says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. This is so cool. This word fervor, Uh, The Bible, the New Testament was originally written in Greek, and so it's been translated. But this word for fervor, guess what it means? To boil. So what Paul is saying is he's like, your faith should be boiling. 
Now think about water again. Water, uh, just regular water, it's calm, it's still, it's kind of dull, it's kind of boring, but it hits 212 degrees and what happens? It gets alive. It starts to bubble to the surface and Paul's saying, this is what your faith should look like. Shouldn't be calm, dull, boring. It should be alive. It should be bubbling. You know that feeling you get when your kid walks for the first time? You know that feeling you get when your, your favorite team scores a touchdown at the end of the game? You know those feelings you get in those special moments of life? Paul's saying that feeling of excitement should be filling your faith. We shouldn't come to church just to get through this one hour. Jesus isn't boring. We should be blown away by him. Our faith should come alive. He wants our faith to boil. So where are you at today? Like how excited about God are you really? As you look at your 167, your work, your job, all these different things you're a part of, are you excited about God or are you just bored? This is what I call like the excitometer here. It's this uh, graph from one to 10. So if you were to say like, you know, where is your faith at? Uh, would you say you're I'm like one or a two? It's pretty cold. It might even be frozen. Or you maybe, are you all the way over here at like a nine or a 10? You're like, man, I'm on fire for God. I'm bullying for him. I'm all about God. Now, if I'm honest, most times where I'm at with God is probably like the five or the six or the four, somewhere in there. And the things that I'm really excited about are like, who's going to be on the Vikings 53-man roster? They're figuring it out today, by the way, and I'm really excited about that. I get really excited about spreadsheets. I know that's so weird to some of you, but some of you get it. Like, I love spreadsheets. I get excited about vacations with my wife. No kids. If it's with the kids, it's more down here. You know, no kids. I'm up here as a 10. But God is more in this realm. And what's Paul saying? Paul's saying, this isn't where God should be. Your faith in God should be boiling. It should be coming alive. So how do we do this? Well, how do you get water to boil? You have to add some heat. And Paul shares with us three things, three things that are the heat that we need to boil. And this is what Paul says. He says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So first, if we want to have faith that boils, we need to first be joyful in hope. Now, hope is a really churchy word. There's like millions of churches and Christian ministries, and they all have the name hope in it, and nobody knows what it means probably, but hope simply means expecting good. If you hope in something, you expect good to happen. My son, uh, Paxton, he had his first day of kindergarten uh, coming up just a little bit ago. And when we went to the open house uh, for kindergarten, his teacher gave him this bag of glitter. It was called Jitter Glitter. 
And he was supposed to put it under his pillow at night, and it was supposed to give him a really good night's sleep so he'd have a great first day at school. Now, before you question the methods of this teacher, because glitter is from hell, right? Like, <laughs> it's the worst substance ever created. They were very big pieces of glitter. She knew what she was doing. It was very easy to clean up. But, we were in, but when we got home, Paxton was insistent. I have to have this under my pillow. Put it under my pillow. So we put it under his pillow. And from what I can tell, he had a really good night sleep. Now, that's dumb, right? Like, <laughs> glitter is not going to guarantee you a good night's sleep. Or will it? Or will it? Glitter might not have the power to give you a good night's sleep, but hope does. My son didn't sleep better because of the glitter. He slept better because he hoped that the glitter would give him a good night sleep. Now, I'm not telling you to go spread glitter under your pillows tonight. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if we want our faith to boil, we have to have hope. I mean, we live in one of the most pessimistic, cynical times ever. I mean, nowadays, everyone is cynical. We believe the worst in people. We believe the worst in our jobs. Don't we? we go every morning just believing the worst, like this job is terrible. We believe the worst in our futures, but even worse than believing the worst, we are so indifferent about things. Nothing has any meaning. Nothing matters anymore. When we go to the gas station, the conversation with the gas station attendant, it doesn't matter. When we go to work, when we have hard things happen in our lives, it doesn't really mean anything. And then the random occurrences of life, they're just that. They're random. Nothing has any meaning. Nothing matters anymore. And what Paul's saying is, this is absolutely 100% the wrong way to look about that life. For 11 chapters in Romans, all Paul talks about is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus has been resurrected. Jesus is restoring all things. Jesus offers forgiveness and new life and redemption. And Paul says, if you believe all that, life should be filled with hope. Hope should be injected into every fiber of your being. Your life should come alive. I have a good friend. His name is Rick. And he, uh, his father got some really bad news. He, his father was diagnosed with cancer, and the outlook was really, really not good. Uh, but Rick kept hope. Uh, he hung on to this verse from Isaiah uh, 53. It says, see, I'm doing a new thing. And actually on their T-shirts, that was the rest of the verse written down. But Rick, um, every time I would interact with him, in some of the crappiest situations with his dad, he would say, God is doing a new thing. He would talk to me about uh, sitting with his dad when he's really sick, and he would watch how his dad interacted with his kids, his, his father's grandkids. And he's like, i never seen that before. That was a new thing. He would talk about some of the last days with his dad and the conversations he got to have with him. And he'd say, God, Travis, God is doing a new thing. And then when his father passed away, and I got to go to the funeral, and I, I watched him give the message at his dad's funeral. And he said, guess what? That is a new thing as well. 
It's been three and a half years since his dad passed. And this summer, uh, Rick, he coached his son's Legion baseball team. And they actually won the state tournament. And so I texted Rick and I said, hey, just text him a congratulations. And this is what Rick said back to me. He says, he said, this one was pretty special, winning it with my son. I really felt my dad's presence during the game. I don't know if I told you this, but my dad was my Legion coach. And I just said to him, I said, a wise man once told me, God is always doing a new thing. And he said, yeah, God's always doing a new thing. That is hope. His dad didn't make it. But he believed that God was still doing something good. He believed that God was still moving. And guess what? His faith boiled because of that. Hope. The next thing, Paul goes on to say, if you want your faith to boil, be patient in affliction. The word patient means to endure. The word affliction means to be crushed. And so what Paul is saying is if you want your faith to boil, when you feel crushed in life, you have to endure. In America today, we have every convenience you could possibly want. Uh, we don't have to raise crops for our food anymore. We got farmers that do that for us. We just go to the store and buy stuff. There's a whole host of diseases that we don't have to worry about anymore because they've been cured. Uh, you don't have to look up anything in a book anymore. Do encyclopedias even exist? I mean, I don't know, like, you literally just Google it. We have every modern convenience, and these things are amazing. Don't hear me wrong, but in some ways, they have made us weak. Paul's saying, if, if you want your faith to boil, when the hard stuff comes, when you feel pressed and crushed, you have to endure. You have to be strong. And then your faith will boil. We have this um, youth leadership thing that we do in the summers. It's called EYU. It's for high school students. And they can come and just get some leadership principles throughout the summer and grow in their relationship with God. And it ended, and they did a graduation ceremony where each one of them came on stage and just shared what they had learned. And there was this kid, and they all did an amazing job, but there was this kid, Xander, that came up, and uh, even going into this program was a big step for him. And he, he shared about uh, what God did in his life that summer, and then he said something that just struck me. He said, I did things this summer I never thought I could do. I did things this summer I never thought I could do. I was sitting in the chair, and I was just fired up. I wanted to say, way to go, kid. Way to go for it, because here's the deal. We will never boil in our faith when we are just comfortable. We boil when we do hard things, when we don't let the things little or big that crush us knock our faith over. So many of us, and this is no judgment, but we have the littlest things happen to us and we just fall away from God. They're not even that big sometimes. 
We just fall away from God. And Paul's like, it won't work this way. Your faith won't boil if you can't endure. And Paul tells us, he's like, God's inside of you. Jesus has been resurrected. The battles that you are facing, God has already won. So you can go out in the morning and you can believe, you can go in strength because you know that God is already in you and he is already working for you and he has already won your battles. If we want our faith to boil, we have to endure the hard things. Because you know this as well as I am. Life is hard. It might feel all peachy keen when we're in here and sing a song. It is hard. Monday is going to be difficult, and you're going to need to endure something. And when you do that, your faith begins to boil. Lastly, if we want our faith to boil, we need to be faithful in prayer. When you have a conversation with somebody, what's happening? You know this, but we don't think about this. Like when you have a conversation with someone, you are sharing who you are with them. And then they back are sharing who they are with you. And you're having this thing that's going back and forth and you're sharing who you are with each other. Prayer, it simply is conversation with God. When you pray to God, you are sharing with God who you are, and he is sharing back to you who he is. You've heard this before, but the best, uh, the most important part of any relationship is what? Conversation. The most important part of your relationship with God is what? Conversation. Paul's saying, if you're not faithful in prayer, your faith won't boil. I'm going to be honest with you, there's no place in my life that I struggle more with than this. I'm interested in theology and stupid Greek words and all that sort of stuff. I love all that stuff. But for me, just to sit down and talk with God, it is not the easiest thing. But I'm convinced more than ever that it's the most important thing. There's things in my life that I've been struggling with. There's things in my life that I want to see changes. And I know it's my lack of faithfulness in prayer towards them. It's the reason why. Because I can't be changed if I don't talk with the one who's going to change me. It's just how it works. I have have another friend that I was talking to, and they were talking about their morning, and they were were talking about how they uh, get up in the morning, and they they, they listen to some music, some, some worship music, and then they read their Bible a little bit, and then they start praying and talking with God. And then my friend said this, and he said, what I'm trying to do in the morning is I'm just trying to get God in here. Isn't that the best way to think about it? That's what prayer is. We're just trying to get God in here. And guess what? There's all kinds of things that want to get in here. Distractions want to get in here. The world wants to get in here. Pride wants to get in here. Temptation wants to get in here. Sin wants to get here. Everything wants to get in here except for the one thing we want to get in here. We have to get in here is God. We have to get him in here if we want our faith to boil. And this does not have to be complicated. You know, you, you don't have to have some religious language memorized or read through your whole Bible in a week. You just have to find a quiet space, maybe read a few verses, and then just talk with God. Share what you're going through. 
Ask for what you need. Maybe share some, confess some junk that you have, some sin in your life. Confess that. Thank him for everything he's done. Have this conversation. You do this for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes. You do that every day, day over day, for years, for decades. decades. Your faith will begin to be set on fire. It will boil. It will come alive. So if we want our faith to boil, we have to add a little bit of heat. And just like boiling water, uh, you don't just set it on the stove and it boils right away. It takes some time, right? We have to commit ourselves to these things day after day in our 167, and those other 167 hours, we have to commit ourselves to these things every single day. Over time, it will start to boil. So today, I just want to ask you, you know, how excited are you about God? Where are you at on that from one to 10? And my takeaway is, which one of these three things do you need to move yourself up? To move from a five to a six, to a six to a seven, to seven? Which one of these three things do you need? Do you need hope? Do you need to stop being so cynical and believe every day that God is doing a new thing? Do you need to endure do you not have to let every little thing knock you over your faith? And even the big things that you're going through, you just need to, you need to endure through them with the power of God inside of you. Do you need to endure? And lastly, do you need prayer? Do you need to just be faithful and regular 15, 20, 30, 60 minutes a day to getting God in here? Because here's the deal. Just like you feel when you eat that great meal or you kiss someone that you love, or like I said, you get that A on that test. That feeling, God wants that, that excited feeling, that boiling over inside of you. God doesn't want that for you just one hour a week. He wants that every hour of the week. He doesn't want that just one time. He wants that in your whole one, six, seven. Let's pray. God, we're just so thankful uh, that you are better than we could ever believe. So often I'm at that five and the six, you're always a 10. Who you are and how amazing and great and, and, and how worshipful you should be, it has no bearing on what I feel about you. And so, Lord, I pray for all of us that we would just inch our way up and that this week, especially this week, that we could get excited about our faith, that we would be hopeful, that we would endure, and that we would talk to you, that we would pray to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at IamEmbrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.